So don't look at the suffering. Look at the one who is calling you to look to him beyond suffering. We are delighted to have uh, some time off, three years without any real vacation. We were overdue, so we are so thankful. I just, oh, I lost my place there. But who, who knows by heart, I know it in French, but um, Genesis 20, uh, 50, 20. It's like the Romans 8, 28 of the Old Testament. But God, uh, sorry, yeah, so Genesis 50, 20. But as for you. Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is to, uh, this day, to save much people alive. This is not our main text, it's for my update. I can tell you that the last three years, especially 2022, has been so full of a lot of, of very unexpected things, uh, some very hard, some exciting but I can tell you one thing for sure. Our God is the one who's turning evil into good. And I'm telling you right off the bat, if in the last three years you didn't come out with some sort of way where we have a refreshed appreciation of your God and a new, and I, I, wanna, I don't want to say revelation, but a new sense of who God is, His goodness, his power, his faithfulness, uh, his life. I think you missed the main point of the last three years because God allows things in our lives. Yes, sometimes they're very troublesome. Sometimes they're great blessings. But the main goal is God's word, is for him. He wants to reveal himself as the one true God, faithful and true and powerful. And I'm telling you as an update, we've experienced... I believe in an unprecedented way uh, as a church, uh, the presence of God, His life, His sufficiency. And it, it's not all like a, a flowery bed of, rose, of roses, I'm telling you. It, it, it has been very, very tough at times, especially 2022. But to see how God, every step of the way, was always faithful to meet us there, I would say, and it's going to tie in with the message tonight, these things are meant for God to meet us in a very personal and powerful way in the midst of these uh, things we've been through. Um, and, you know, God has blessings all the time. We, we've seen people saved. We've seen people come back to God who have totally gone into the world. And because of all these things that have happened, they, they've come back to God, to church. Uh, yeah, some people saved. Even recently in the prison ministry, uh, a man just uh, gave his life to Christ in simple faith. And then, uh, of course, we were talking about the, the coast. They're such a blessing. They've come in, um, is it 20? Yeah, uh, June 2020. Is it 2020 or 2021? 2021. Yes, time flies. Um, so, um, and since they've been there, they've been... Uh, uh, such a blessing serving in different ways. So God is so good, I'm telling you. We can always rejoice in Him. And one thing I would tell you that is of a great blessing, God sent us, we, we have our core people that have been there, stayed there, almost all of them. Uh, we didn't lose 
You know, you know, with COVID, a lot of things, you know, in and out in this, you know, I think it was the, the, for that in every churches, but God sent us some people that thirst after him, that thirst for his word, for his presence, for him. And God is relational. And when his people is gathering, he's right there with us and he wants to just bless us with his presence. And that's what we enjoy. We've grown into enjoying God. And it's so exciting. So uh, that's really the, the I, I would say, the most important in the update I can give you uh, as to what God has been doing. And really, it's, it's only, we can only explain it by God. What we have seen, God, Him, and more of Him. And I always like to think of, and we'll see that a little bit tonight, but I like to think of the book of... Uh, uh, lamentation, where the very structure tells a message. It's a book about suffering, the destruction, the judgment of Jerusalem, 33, uh, uh, 22 uh, verses by chapters. It, its structure is very uh, uh, important because it's five chapters, and it's all uh, acrostic with the Hebrew alphabet. So 22 verses, maybe not 22, you know, it doesn't fit necessarily with uh, every language, uh, you know, but in, in, in the Hebrew, that's how it, it's, it's laid out. Except for the third chapter, it's triple the amount of verses. So it's 66. And in the very middle of the book, in the middle of those three uh, alphabets, you have the core message that God is the one who gives hope. Basically what it is saying that with, with you know, uh, Jeremiah was in despair to see the judgment of, of his people and of the, the beloved city of Jerusalem. And he was about to really give up on everything. He said, this is what will give me hope. God is faithful. He's good. And that's the message. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of despair, God is right there. Thank you. Amen. I would say that's the greatest thing that we can have as Christians. You know, this world is, is, is very sad. It's broken. The fall, you know, and we're in the end times. But God is always good. Let's look at Abraham tonight in Romans five, uh, 4. Sorry, We'll just read a couple of verses to uh, lay out the subject. And it's a very simple message. Just a thought to bring home. The look of faith. It's... Uh, is it the year's team, vision and faith? Or the like, um, I don't know if it's, uh, anyway, it's, it's something that was brought to my attention, vision and faith, and you know, the look of faith. So a fresh vision of who our God is, I believe that's what we see here with Abraham. Um, let's start in verse uh, seven, uh, 16. Therefore it is of faith that it is, uh, that it might be, where? Okay, yes. That it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. That's talking about Abraham and his seed. Uh, not to that only which is of the law, but that also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom I believe... I he believed, sorry, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and called those things which be not as though they are, 
who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Um, the look of faith. If you look all through the scriptures, we can see a pattern where different kinds of people through different kinds of circumstances and time in history were brought into circumstances and places where everything they could look at was going against what they were supposed to do, what, was, what God was calling them to do, what they wanted to do, but they had to look beyond. They had to look to the God who was calling them to do the very thing that seemed impossible. And here's a, a prime example with Abraham. We see that in Genesis, but this is the New Testament account. It's a very good um, commentary on scriptures by the scriptures of what was going on really in this, in, in this situation with the whole faith aspect. And really the, the idea is where you look at, where you fix your eyes on, you'll depend on that. And the outcome of what's going to happen after is going to be determined of where you're looking at. For example, on the road, you know, I'm here in Vancouver, there's a lot of things everywhere. There's a lot of cars, there's a lot of, of you know, buildings. And if I don't look straight and I'm not concentrated, if I look like this way, I'm probably going to end up, you know, either in the ditch, either in another car or somewhere I shouldn't be, you know. In the Christian life, our eyes have to be fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If not, we're going to end up in all kinds of, uh, you, you, you know, wrong ways where we can uh, be uh, uh, distracted and even uh, to our own uh, dismay and destruction. So, I just want to look at three people tonight who had the look of faith beyond three things. First, with Abraham, we have the look of faith beyond the impossible. We have read here, he was supposed to be, you know, there was a lot of, at stake. Abraham was to be the father of many nations. So you're talking about pressure with what he was uh, entrusted with, the, the, the inheritance of many nations, the spiritual inheritance of many nations was at, was at play. And we know in the end, it, it, it all goes back to Jesus Christ, the promised seed, it's him. But here's was Abraham's part in God's almighty, unsearchable plan. And we read in, in uh, verse 19 that he didn't consider his body. He didn't look at his body like, oh man, it, I'm, I'm not supposed to, uh, 
to be able to, to do what God is, is asking me. And Sarah was in the same situation. It was impossible, humanly impossible. But he didn't fix his eyes on this. He fixed them on the one who asked such an impossible thing. And we learn that this way he gave glory to God in verse 20, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So the first thing we see with faith that looks beyond the impossible, um, we see that faith in and of itself has its strength not on faith itself, but on the object of the faith. What made this faith so strong in Abraham is that it, it didn't look at Abraham or at Sarah, but it looked at the God who said, I'm asking you to do this. That's why it was such a mountain-moving faith, uh, because it was looking beyond. That's the simple secret, because Abraham was not different than us. He was a human being like us. He, he was of the same nature as us, but what, why do we remember him? Because he looked, the look of faith was beyond the impossible, the impossible situation. And he's not the only one. We have situations in the Bible where, uh, for example, I, I took note of a couple here, but um, Jericho. I mean, it was known to be the most fortified and impenetrable city in, in the area. And God said, turn around it, and I'm going to take care of it. You, you will conquer it. This looks very impossible. Jehoshaphat, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, anyway, you know what I'm talking about? Where did this city was uh, under siege and surrounded by uh, such a powerful army, they were totally outnumbered. It was impossible. So it's a pattern. We see that where God is putting us in impossible situations. And that's the point. That is... The point that God wants to make, and let me tell you something very important that I'm going to repeat for the two other examples tonight. But the outcome on our part is going to all be determined on how secure we are in God's love. Are we dead said that what is happening is because God loves us? Do you, do you doubt when you look at Abraham's story that God was loving Abraham and Sarah and that was his, his good plan for them, that God was good with them and it was in love that he was acting in relationship with them? Totally. We see that because we, we know the end of the story. You know, we're like, of course, you know. But in our lives, why do we doubt it? Because we doubt, we, we think that somehow this situation we're in is somehow a, a proof or a, a, a representation that God doesn't love us or maybe he's just coping with us and, you know, he's like, no, if you're a children of God, you're in the beloved. You are loved. You cannot be more perfectly loved than you are because you are loved by the love of God in Jesus Christ, there's nothing, it's perfect. And so, if you're secure in this, even though you have something impossible, you can rest in His love. And here, 
Rest in the almighty love of God. If God loves you and brings you into something impossible, since He's almighty, He can bring you through. That's the first point of the message tonight, looking beyond the impossible. The second, and that we see a lot. I was talking about Jeremiah in Lamentations. We can think of Job, but we're going to look at another example. Suffering. Looking beyond suffering. You know, Job, what a story. He was the richest man on earth, and then he lost everything, including his health. And he was called to look beyond. The serpents in the wilderness. Were they called to look at the serpents and, oh, look at it real carefully and everything's going to be all right. No, don't look at the serpents who bit you. Look at the the cross, we can say, because it's a symbol of the cross. Look at the serpent that I made, the type of Christ who's been raised for us. You see, like Jesus said in, in John 3. So don't look at the suffering. Look at the one who is calling you to look to him beyond suffering. But I want to take the example of Ruth tonight, because maybe it's not the prime example we, we think about someone who suffers in the Bible, but when you think about it, Ruth, she had to pay a big price for her faith, and don't forget that she lost everything. She lost her husband, she lost her country, she lost her religion, but that maybe was part of her identity. I mean, she lost it, she decided. That was a very good, that's a powerful profession of faith in uh, Ruth 1.16. You can listen to it here. Very powerful. She says, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. She's talking to uh, her mother-in-law, Naomi. And to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thy lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. So, we see with this that you know, and, you know, suffering also being in a very uh, uh, precarious situation because widows in those days, they didn't have like, the social network that we have. Like, they were very vulnerable. And two widows uh, coming back from a foreign country. Uh, and her, she's a foreigner. Uh, she could be judged and, you know, like treated like, like a misfit. Um, and she, she went through a famine for all these years. Uh, relational suffering, being an outcast, being mistreated. I mean, being neglected by her mother-in-law, you know, when she comes back, oh, God has mistreated me, and I'm empty, I'm empty-ended. And Ruth is right there before, you know, beside her, and she gave her life to, to God, and she's ready to follow. And, you know, it's not a very nice way to treat someone who's, you know, give, gives everything to you know, to be a blessing to you. So she was suffering. So she's coming back to Israel without all this baggage of suffering and all the shame that could be with it uh, of being a, a Gentile and everything. But instead of letting herself go down with it by looking at it, the many ways she could look at what makes her suffer, she was secure in the benevolent love of God. She saw that God was good in all of it. 
Do you think that she was hurt that she lost her husband and her country? Of course she was. But that didn't change who God was. God was still good in spite of all these things that happened to her. That was not the proof that God was letting her down. Why would she have hung on to God like this if she believed that God was letting her down? No, she believed that God was the one who she had to really hang to by, by faith because he was good and loving and benevolent. She was secure in the benevolent love of God. And I believe that she understood what we all need to understand when suffering or, you know, circumstances, they, they, they strike, that this is God's divine appointment. And let, let me enlarge on this. Sometimes we miss out on what God is trying to do in our life. And he's not trying because all, God is, is sovereign and, he, you know, I mean, we, we, we can miss what God is doing, but, you know, God is, is perfect. But when God wants to do something in our life, we can miss the whole point by missing the fact that it's an appointment. It's relational. God wants us to meet Him. God wants us to have a new sense of His presence, of appreciation of who He is, and really a sense of, hey, this is not happening just for this. This is on purpose. This is good. And in the end, it's all better. In spite of all the suffering. And just let's go back to uh, Job and his story. Let me ask you a question tonight. With everything that happened to Job, what was God's answers to all these problems and everything he went through? Is it that he gave everything back to him? No. That came after the very first thing that God gave Job after all the discussions with the people with him were done, when God spoke in the storm, his answer was a revelation of himself. God said, hey, I am God. Where were you when I created the earth? In other words, I'm sovereign. I can do whatever I want to do with whoever I want to do, and that's fine. God gave as an answer to Job with suffering a revelation of himself. We need to get this point. When something happens, the answer is not something, it is someone. God himself, a revelation of who he is. If we don't have that, we miss the whole point. God is relational. He wants to reveal himself to him. And that brings me to the last point. And God, that brings the whole pressure and I'm almost done. But when it's a situation like the Red Sea, the crossing of the Red Sea, the Red sea and we need to have faith that looks not only beyond the impossible like Abraham, beyond suffering like Ruth and Job and so on, but even beyond the threat, the pressure that's what Moses and the people of Israel had to do. And, you know, Gideon and David and with Goliath and Daniel and his friends. You're talking about pressure. I mean, they didn't have a lot of time and the pressure was building up. So looking beyond the threat. When, I mean, if God doesn't do something, it's really going to turn out bad kind of situation. Okay? So, what does God say? When this happens... God is simply saying, 
Listen to this. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. What? With all this thing, and you know, like, you don't want me to do anything? Just stay there and be quiet? Or to put it in, in the words of, uh, of Jeremiah in Lamentations, to wait patiently the salvation of the Lord? Really? Yes, really. And again, that's the point. Because why God is allowing for this threat? Because He wants to reveal Himself in a very special way, in a very powerful way. And that's where we have to be secure in the sovereign love of God. If God is sovereign, if He rules over everything, why should we fret? Fret not, the Bible says in, in uh, Psalm 37. So, with this pressure that comes with a threatening situation, the biggest thing that can really make things from bad, turn things from bad to worse is the fear that builds up in us. And fear and faith, they're opposed to one another. The more I fear, the less I trust, the less... I, my, my faith is strong. But the stronger my faith, and again, the strength of our faith is not our faith, it's the object of our faith. The strongest my faith in Almighty God, the, the more secure I am in, in, his, in His love, in His goodness towards me, the more fear goes away. And I want to finish with this simple thought tonight. There's a wonderful verse in 1 John. You have 1 John 5 that you're uh, learning by heart for your uh, prayer requests. Perfect love casts out fear. You know that verse, right? Have you thought about what it, what it means, really? Oh, Lord, I want a perfect love. I want to grow in my love for you, so I'm not going to fear. It's not going to happen. You, you will not have that perfect love that will one day bring out all the fear in your life. The point of the verse is, the perfect love of God is the one that really would cast out all the fears in your life because our love fickles. We have ups and downs and sometimes we're, you know, we're all fired up and other times we're discouraged. So if we, it's like looking at us if we look at our love. And it's never going to turn out good. Sometimes it's going to be good, sometimes worse, sometimes a disaster. Now the perfect love of God that never fails, will cast out all our fears. So you see, it's, it circles back to the whole thing we've been saying. The look of faith is a look to God, and more precisely, to His love, to His caring love, to His unchanging love for us. So my question tonight, and you know, it's a prayer meeting. Are you secure in the... In the in the love of God? Why would we pray if God doesn't love us? You know, why bother? I mean, the love of God, this is so essential, brothers and sisters. This is so essential that you would be secure, unchangeable, anchored deep in your heart in the fact that you are loved of God. It doesn't change. It is in Jesus Christ. It's not depending on you. It's depending on His finished work 
And you can rest in that. Do you have a resting faith tonight in the love of God? This is the kind of faith that looks beyond the impossible, beyond suffering, and beyond the threat of circumstances and what life brings, what we have in life. So my friend, this is simple, but it's powerful. It's food for that. For me, in 2022, oh man, I'm telling you, I've hold on to this truth like dear life. Because at times, I was really wondering, where is God in all of this? But I'm telling you one thing, and now I promise I'm finished because I have two minutes left, so I'm going to pray short. At times, I was like, if this goes on, I know how it's going to turn out. But the one thing I knew I shouldn't do is try to solve it myself. I knew I would just mess everything up. So I learned to wait on God. And that was the big takeaway, but also the hardest thing in 2022, to let God take care of it. And that doesn't mean I was passive. It means I, was, I wasn't doing, I, was, I wasn't taking the initiative. God, you see this. What do you want me to do with this? God, I'm waiting on you now. And it's kind of long, and I'm getting very nervous. It's threatening. But I always had to go back, but you love me. And you love this church. You love us. You love my family. I can trust you. You see, that's what was calming me down. Lord, we thank you. You're sovereign. You're powerful. And you are love. Not only loving, you are. It is your nature. We thank you. Lord, write it on our hearts. May we be secure, solid, unwavering. And Lord, may we not look to us with what you bring our way. Impossible things, suffering, or threatening things, but look to you beyond those things. The God who loves us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.